District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome to District of Conservation. I'm your host, Gabriella Hoffman. This podcast offers a sober examination into all things hunting, fishing, shooting sports, energy, environment, and the public policy surrounding it. And this podcast also specializes in original interviews that you won't hear elsewhere. Here's what I have for you today. Over the holiday weekend, a update from the U.S. Department of Agriculture went out, first saying that they would not ban the import of harvested game from Canada, but in a last-ditch effort, they decided to do so. We're going to talk about this USDA import ban and what that means for you if you're hunting in Canada and hoping to bring your harvested goose or waterfowl game with you back to the country. I'll break down whether this is rooted in science or just merely politics. I'm inclining to the latter, unfortunately. But we will have a breakdown of this issue right now on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you hunt in Canada and hope to bring harvested game back with you, you will run into obstacles, unfortunately, especially if it is a wild bird, whether geese or waterfowl. I'm reading from the USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service website. They have an update dated September 2nd. Restrictions on hunter harvested wild bird game meat from Canada. Highly pathogenic avian influenza has been detected in both wild birds and poultry in Canada. The agency and the Canadian Food Inspection Agency have a zoning agreement in place to reduce the movement restrictions for trade in poultry and poultry products. However, these zones do not apply to wildlife. Hunter-harvested wild game bird trophies entering the U.S. from Canada must be fully finished or accompanied by a VES import permit or co-signed directly to a USDA-approved establishment. Hunters may find an approved taxidermy establishment by visiting the Veterinary Services Process Streamlining VSPS search page and searching for a taxidermist with the HPIA product code in your state. Hunter-harvested unprocessed wild game bird meat carcasses originating or transiting Canada will not be permitted to enter the United States regardless of the Canadian province from which the bird was harvested. APHIS is aware of the impact this will have on hunting season and will provide updates if new information is received. And they list how to contact them to voice their concerns. Cyrus Baird, who works with Delta Waterfall, a friend of the podcast who has come on and has kept me abreast with these topics, tweeted on September 3rd that the federal government announced this change through a press release at 6.30 on a Friday evening of a holiday weekend. Talk about trying to bury things. I will read statements from Delta Waterfall, Ducks Unlimited, and Safari Club to showcase why this is not a popular move and how Actually, stakeholders see this as a betrayal of their trust and why I think you're going to see a lot of American hunters view this on a prism of politics rather than science. Delta Waterfowl's statement reads like this. In a 180-degree reversal of guidance, it confirmed less than one week earlier, the USDA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service announced today on September 2nd, that game birds taken by hunters in Canada will not be permitted to enter the U.S. regardless of the province in which they were taken. Waterfall hunting seasons in a number of Canadian provinces and portions of provinces opened a day earlier, on September 1st, with U.S. citizens participating, unaware the ducks and geese they are taking won't be allowed back into the United States. Quote, both the regulation itself and its timing are extremely troubling, said Delta's chief policy officer, John Devney. AP his assured us just days ago the import would only be restricted on birds taken highly pathogenic avian influenza priority control zones. 
Who knows how many U.S. hunters have headed to Canadian hunting camps believing that they would be able to bring the birds they harvest back into the States by following the normal transport regulations that were in place when they left. Now they are going to be totally blindsided when they get back to the border. And Devney also added, quote, It's sadly all of the law-abiding ethical waterfowl hunters who will feel the weight of this whiplash policy change from APIS. Their birds will be confiscated at the border and ultimately disposed of. What a terrible waste. The Duck Hunters organization will do all it can to try to see that reasonable regulations are reinstated as soon as possible. Here is what Ducks Unlimited, another duck conservation conservation group, said. They also echoed Delta Waterfall that it was a reversal in a statement from a week ago that imports would only be restricted on birds taken in highly pathogenic avian influenza priority control zones. Hunters are left to wonder why APIS would reverse course on such a consequential decision Announced after hours on a holiday weekend with zero notice or opportunity to be heard from stakeholders, said Ducks Unlimited CEO Adam Putnam. DU members are justifiably upset by the absence of science and a total lack of transparency around the sweeping regulation that does not appear to have even included the Fish and Wildlife Service in its development. DU has issued a letter to USDA APIS Administrator Kevin Shea protesting this policy change and requesting immediate reconsideration of the decision. Now here's Safari Club's take. They say that it stems from a months-long outbreak of highly pathogenic avian influenza. APIS states that while this agency has entered into an agreement with the Canadian Food Inspection Agency to reduce restrictions on the movement of commercial poultry and poultry products, the agreements do not apply to wildlife. This means that hunter-harvested game birds must be fully finished, accompanied by an import permit, or co-signed directly or consigned directly to a USDA-approved taxidermist in order to enter the U.S. Processed means the birds must be, quote, heat-treated, cooked, which removes the feathers required by U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service inspectors for importation. The birds also must be certified by a Canadian, by CFIA veterinarian, before they may be imported. The agency has said they do not have this capacity. That makes APIS's directive a de facto closure on importations of hunter-taken wild birds. The policy makes no sense as wild birds freely migrate across the international border and HPIA has been found in a variety of wild birds across the U.S. over the last six months. Watch for more news reports from SCI, including how to make your voice heard on this ridiculous policy change. So you have basically universal condemnation from the top duck conservation organizations, general hunting groups. They feel blindsided. They were promised that importation from Canada would be upheld. And they don't recognize that these birds can fly across border lines. Very interesting, but it's actually a pattern to see this administration. I'm sorry to make it political, but having watched the Biden administration closely, this is not by accident. This is obviously not rooted in science as Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfall, and SEI made clear. This seems to be more political in nature. If you look at what the Biden administration has done in other areas of conservation, they have entered into sue and settle agreements with. Center for Biological Diversity, and they have now been influenced to propose rules to ban lead tackle ammunition on national wildlife refuges under the purview of the Fish and Wildlife Service, and they may proceed with it. They say, okay, we hear from all stakeholders, we'll, we'll hear your concerns, and then they proceed with a rules change, ignoring consultation by stakeholders. We've seen this in other areas of conservation policy under this administration as well beyond the lead tackle and ammunition ban. We've seen it with them banning hunting opportunities on various units in Alaska pertaining to caribou hunting. They are not adhering to no net loss. 
to prevent the closure of space. We're also seeing that this administration, the Bureau of Land Management, is mulling to restrict shooting sports access on different national, on different public lands, especially out west on the Sonoran Desert in Arizona. And I think there are some closures proposed for hunting or for shooting sports opportunities in New Mexico as well without any consultation. They just put the rule change out there and they say that they'll accept comment, but then they come to their own conclusion and still proceed with banning or instituting rules changes that appease preservationists and not conservationists. So we're going to see this as a pattern. I think this rule change from the USDA is similarly rooted in politics and not science because again, these birds migrate and they didn't downplay the seriousness of this avian influenza, but they said that it's been a problem for longer than just a few months. But in the areas where this avian flu has been found, they've been monitoring the situation there. So I think that's why you're going to see people perceive this as an attack on hunting, even though people are closely monitoring the affected regions in Canada and such. But this seems to be nonsensical. I have no idea if they're going to reverse course on conservation policy, they seem to be pretty determined to proceed with different rules changes unless duck hunters, conservationists, hunters, everyone involved, the typical stakeholders, which should be consulted, make their voices heard and see it to it that the USDA reverses course here. I think it's probably going to require a lot of correspondence, obviously going on social media, asking them to reverse course, writing letters, calling the agency and asking them to change this policy. Because if you think you can't lose hunting access by rules changes like this, think again. The attacks on hunting are going to ramp up. As we've recently highlighted, there are attacks to Pittman-Robertson, not only from the left, but also from the right too. But increasingly now we're going to see it from the left to say that you have to decouple excise taxes from guns and ammo onto conservation funding. This is an incremental buildup. They will take away the scarier, more controversial forms of hunting, the big game hunting varieties, and then they could move on to duck hunting in New Zealand and Australia. I think it's New Zealand. They have restricted duck hunting in some capacity. So never underestimate preservationists and what tools they'll use, whether it's through the rulemaking process or by petitioning the federal government to restrict hunting. So this rule could be seen as an attack. It should be viewed as an attack. And I hope those of you listening do make your voice heard. Be polite, of course, but you can be stern because when you lose your ability to hunt, whether it's from across the international border, up north, or here stateside, who is to say that obviously they could apply this, let's say, emergency order here stateside too? Uh, this administration has a inclination to declare certain emergencies pandemics. They could declare the avian flu as a pandemic, needs to be addressed like that. Then they could shut off all waterfall hunting. That's a pessimistic view, but you never know. They they could seize upon it. I hate to sound crazy here, but that's how you kind of follow the lines. Why, what's to stop this administration from forbidding waterfall hunting even stateside? Do you agree, disagree, fall somewhere in the middle on this assessment? I would love to hear your perspective. Chime in on reviews. You could co comment on social media. I would love to hear your feedback, but hopefully this made you aware of what is happening on the rules making process because it's not only congress it's also through federal agencies and actually i think the epa decision that restricted rulemaking processes may apply here too so we'll see if that is the case
Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms you want to push. Make sure you're subscribed there, especially on Apple. If you like the podcast a lot, go leave us some reviews. We'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys. Moreover, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and a little bit on YouTube. We don't populate there, but connect with us on social media. Find me personally on social media with blue check marks. Super easy to find, and I would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.